The Word in the World. You're listening to The Word in the World podcast, a resource to help make the world around you make sense. Let's zone in and share with each other our knowledge, encouragement, wisdom, and understanding. This is The Word in the World. Welcome back to the Word in the World podcast, where we bring you topics, talk, and truth. Everything from the news to the New Testament. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome back. What's happening? Ain't that man. Got my... Uh, Just blowing in the wind, cool breeze. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> we were talking about like sayings that you say that don't really mean nothing. Right. Like, right. what's going on with you? Ain't nothing, brother. Slow motion. <laughs> Slow, Slow motion. motion. Like, Slow I just motion. answered Slow you, motion. but I didn't tell you nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, y'all hear that third voice? On the mics, uh-huh. that's my man, Pastor Greg. Welcome to the studio, Pastor Greg. Thank yes, you, thank you. What's indeed. up, fellas? Y'all were supposed up? to say slow motion, man. Slow motion. Slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> blowing in the wind. you say? Blowing in the wind, cool breeze. <laughs> hey, just chilling. Just chilling. <laughs> Everything good. Yeah, but we we uh, we uh had to get him on. Well, Jay had the show idea, so I might let Jay talk about um oh. know, what he had in mind for this particular episode. That's that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I I uh, just had this idea about. Um, I thought it was like a common question, especially with like millennials and people who are you know just trying to, uh, uh, I guess, grow their relationship with God and just make sure that you know they're in the right setting in terms of a church and everything like that. Because um, I found my myself, my wife found myself in that um, same kind of predicament. And I was just wondering, you know, this question of like, what should people look for in a pastor, um, just in in a general sense, and you know, down to very like specific things of you know doctrine and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, you know, brought it to Marcus, and we were like, man, who who do we know that we I guess are obviously like close with, trust their yeah their uh, mind on the subject. And that, you know, hopefully is a pastor, you know, and not just, you know, a, a, just somebody in Christ or elder, but an actual pastor to speak on it. And we were like, man, Pastor G yeah. is like checked all our boxes, I the, mean, the oh, Jason wow. and Marcus boxes, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, you pressure, pass, pressure, whatever, pressure, which, pressure, pressure. <laughs> 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 yeah. But no, we, we uh, I mean, just to, to big up Pastor G, I mean, we just uh, really, really respect him. Um, utmost respect in in terms of like somebody that on all fronts as a pastor we just uh are like man this dude he's a good pastor yeah that's a pastor yeah and and truly about like kingdom work you know not yeah. with his own agenda you know mm-hmm. so I felt like um he would give you you know unbiased answers to most most questions you know mm-hmm. that we would have in this particular arena um. Mm-hmm. But I met Pastor Greg uh, at a, it was like at a, what was that, Thanksgiving? It was the uh, the Frazier family <laughs> post-Thanksgiving dinner. Post-Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we just, like, I sat down next to him. Well, actually, Shell introduced me to him because Shell was very excited. You know, I think yeah. Shell had joined your church yep. at that point. Shell joined the, um, the was it his first time coming? Uh yeah, his first day. He, the first day he came, yeah. I, I did an altar call. And Sheldon, Sheldon beat the other two people up <laughs> who I was initially opening up the the doors of the church for. Sheldon, wow. beat, it was that was crazy. Yeah. Wow. So when I came to the post Thanksgiving Day party for the Fraser family, you know, uh, Shell was like, "Man, you got to meet 
my pastor. My pastor's here, like right. that. And you know, I'm like, okay, all right, let me meet the pastor, you know. <laughs> and then I sat down, you know, um, and just started talking to Pastor Greg, and I'm like, this is this is unlike any other pastor I've ever talked to, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and I think I even kind of told Jay about it. I think I might have mm-hmm. called you the next day. It was like, yo, I met this dude who is like really, really. <laughs> about this work like and I, I loved his conversation and just what he um the things that he had to say so uh but i kind of what i was really you know taken i guess like a back by was like your your story of how you came to be a pastor yeah. you know i thought that that it's a very unique story you could tell that god's hand is just completely in it um and it's it's it's, yeah, you just gotta tell it because yeah. it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't even remember which part of the story that I told you. If it's if, whether we started at, you know, the part about how I got this church, yeah. or just how this whole journey started. Uh, I think they're all. It's, it's, it's a ten part miniseries. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think, but the, if I was to like give you a real quick run. Mm-hmm. On how it started, this would be the, the prequel of it. Is you know, I grew up in the. Uh, I mean, I'm a '70s baby, so you know, I, I was born in '75. Okay, uh, but I, I I was I'm not a church kid, you know. Huh. But I grew up uh, during the time where you know, even though you didn't go to church, like the community itself um, was still, or the church. Let me let me let me rephrase that: that the church was part of the community. So I remember the big white Bible in my grandmother's living room. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother cooked Sunday dinner every Sunday, and on Saturday she would start uh, cooking dinner. But you know she would have her Clay Evans and the Hawkins family and some mm. of the local pastors uh, playing on TV. I remember the local pastors in our neighborhood. Uh, some of them were landlords. Uh, their churches were right in the heart of uh, our community. I grew up in a suburb of Chicago, Maywood, Illinois, uh, right outside the city. So I remember you would see the pastors and they would drive up the street. You know, they had, you know, a station wagon. But, you know, back then, pastors had Cadillacs. They they hadn't moved to the Benzes yet. But, you know, we would joke as a kid and, you know, say, I'm going to grow up. You know, I'm going to be a pastor so I can get a Cadillac. My grandfather and all his cousins, all of them had Cadillacs. Wasn't none of them pastors. So I just, I was destined to have a Cadillac. And the the funny, now, here's the funny, here's the irony to the story. Up until last year. I did have a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them, as a matter of fact. But I just like Cadillacs. Mm. But uh, I say all that to say um, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, but again, the church was part of the community. So it was always part of something that I grew up in. I mean, I grew up in gang neighborhoods and we drank, cursed, smoked weed or whatever. But the, the, the funny thing about that is we would be in front of a church and like, None of that stuff what we would like, no, you don't do that here. Yeah. Wow. You, you you go across the street and do it. Not if it was any better, but the point is that it was still reverence yeah. for that because they played a major part in the community. So I've always grown up with that. Mm. Fast forward to as an adult, like, you know, I was having fun and I I man, people come up to me asking me, Was I saved, go to church, like beat it, get out my face with that. <laughs> <laughs> like it literally used to scare me. Like I couldn't go to sleep at night. Because uh, it just interfered with my whole world of things that I was doing and was involved in. But um, God tricked me on how I got saved. Uh, 
Man, I was supposed to go out to. I was supposed to go out one night. I did not go. This where's this story going? I have no idea. Um, it's all good. <laughs> and I, Jasper's used to be in Greenbelt, right? Oh yeah. Um, which was a hangout spot, uh-huh. but one night I was slumming because I didn't go out, and I met <laughs> I met some friends at Jasper's, and they came in with somebody. Her and I ended up meeting. I, I won't say her name. <laughs> her and I ended up meeting. <laughs> yeah, she 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 lived up in New York, and I'm traveling back and forth to New York for six months. And she never told me that her mother and father was a pastor. The pastors. <laughs> so one Saturday, she was supposed to come to my house. She ended up going to her folks' crib. I never had met them, and she like, well, "Why don't you come to my parents' church?" I'm like, what? <laughs> Hug the phone up. I <laughs> uh, called her back. She had my nose open, and uh, I went to church with her. That I, I met her at the church, uh. and then the funny thing is, after that, every it, like whenever she would be in town, I would go to church with her. Hmm. Um, and then I started going when she wasn't in town. Wow. Um, one Thursday, they used to have these minister and training classes. This little young guy was up preaching or whatever, and for whatever reason, I stopped and listened to what he was saying and it's like he was talking to me that Sunday I walked up and I, I walked up to the front with my hands in the air and the rest is pretty much history that was wow. like 18 years ago her and I aren't together anymore yeah. I'm married now but mm-hmm. not to her but the point is uh, God used her to get me into church uh. Uh, two weeks after that somebody was preaching and like you're gonna be a mighty pastor one day I'm like yeah whatever <laughs> I, wow. I hadn't wow necessarily yet fully bought into the whole thing yeah and here we are 19 years later and you all are calling me pastor greg which sounds absolutely (laughs) weird to me (laughs) um and that's the you know that's just a real quick story of how it happened wow there's a lot of in-between fill-ins but that's the that's the version of the story but it just i mean like when when Jesus is like, no man comes unless the Father draws. Yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. Like, you just see it. You had no interest. None whatsoever. You know, but he's steadily like pulling you, pulling you slowly, slowly. And won't let me go. I mean, it literally plagues me if I try or because or, I have attempted to do other things just to find myself right back at this spot again. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Wow. That's a whole conversation. A whole like other conversation. Predestination and the yeah. elect and all that. Yeah, dude, don't do it. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> don't, do all right. don't do it. <laughs> so I did want to ask you, um, even the way that you came to be a pastor mm-hmm. of the church that you're currently pastoring mm-hmm. is oh, an interesting story in itself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> is it, yeah, can I ask you to <laughs> talk about How that? How did that happen? Briefly. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I'm sitting at my desk, and um, I work for Lancaster Bible College, Capital Seminary, Graduate School. Quick shout out. Um, (laughs) And I'm the admissions advisor for the seminary. Um, Just for those of you all who don't know, here's a quick teaching moment. We do have a Bible college, which is undergrad, but any place that you go or call that's a seminary, that's graduate school. So if you call a school or school call you and say, hey, come to our seminary, and it's not a master level or above, it's not a seminary. But anyway... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. That's why why you did. So uh, I'm sitting at my desk, and our site director and dean comes to my office and like, hey, some pastor just called, and he needs somebody to preach for him um, and asked me if I wanted to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. 
Um, I, he gave me the guy's number. I called him, set up an appointment, and met with him. And lo and behold, it's this church in this neighborhood that I've been serving in and lived in for 15 years plus. And I'm like, and I told him, I'm like, man, I've never seen anybody come out of this church or yeah. go in. Um, and he told me about the history of the church. It was a small elderly congregation that the church had dwindled um, at this particular point. But, um, Anywho's, um, so we met. I came and preached that following Sunday. Um, about a month later, he called me again to come back and preach. Um, so I went out and preached. It was this group of like 10 or 15 elderly people. Wow. Um, and, you know, after that, like I started getting a phone call like every month or so or every other month to come back. Um, finally, he had wow. a conversation that they were looking to bring on another pastor. Now, the part that I didn't tell about this church this church um, started in the 1800s in the District of Columbia. Whoa. It was a, a Methodist church, and it was a Caucasian Methodist church. Huh. Um, they moved to Prince George's County in the 1951, 52, somewhere around there. Mm. And at this time, Prince George's County was predominantly white. Mm. Um, and they built this. They, they purchased this land. They built this building. Um, and the church was thriving, but over the years, as the white, the younger uh, whites and even the older, the families began to move out of the county, uh -huh. and as blacks moved out of the district into Prince George's County, of course, now if you know the Suitland District Heights area, it's the well, Prince George's County itself is predominantly black. Right. These families moved out of the county, and this church number has dwindled over the years that. I mean, by the grace of God, and they've had some other funds um, from some property and things that they sold. It is just—it was became this small little elderly community, primarily Caucasian um, um, members of this church. That now they're at the, they're at the point that either a they need to do something else or sell the property because the church is dying. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know the neighborhood is is predominantly black. So, anywho's, they hired me on to co-pastor and help rebuild the church. Um, but it became immediately clear that, uh, as good in intentions as that were, it just wasn't going to happen because, just like anything, this place was sacred to them. I mean, it was pictures from the very first pastor up on the wall. I mean, wow. he probably was a great guy. But when I walked in, the very first thing I saw was this picture up on the wall, and the guy looked like a slave owner. Mm. Um, remember, nice. yeah. contrary to proper belief, everybody think that Maryland and D.C. is, you know, we're in the north. This is right. south of the Mason-Dixon line. Mm -hmm. So these were, we live in slave states. Um, and again, the guy, I'm not trying to imply that he was a slave owner, but this is what I see yeah. through my eyes. So there's no way that this is inviting to a person like myself that's coming in your doors out of this neighborhood. Like, what about this is going to make me to come back? Right. Um, and as I began to talk about those things that these pictures need to come down, this church is named after this first pastor. And then on top of that, my church, let me, by the way, my church is Brad Byrne Memorial Bible Church. Brad Byrne is the last name of the gentleman, the very first pastor of this church. Mm -hmm. My own personal things, I don't think a church should be named after any man, but that's a whole other story. But 
then it's Memorial Bible Church, and everything inside this building was like uh, it, it was like I was in a cemetery. It was everything was named after somebody dead, mm. and here it is. Yeah. This church has died out. Wow! And the wow. church we really should represent life. Yeah. So as I began to talk about those things, I got a lot of eyebrows. In most cases, and all of us are guilty of it. When we say we won't change, we won't change just as long as it doesn't involve me personally. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that became clear <laughs> and, you know, so two months later, me and the, and my co-pastor at the time, um, had a conversation and he decided to retire, um, in January. So he actually just retired this past January. Wow. Um, so it's been about two months that I've been the senior pastor of this church and all of the old members with the exception of one are now gone. Wow. So everybody that's at the church now are all new. Wow. And wow. of course, they all look like me. Mm. Um, Rebuilding. <laughs> so now, this church in just two months, where it was a predominantly white church, mm -hmm. as even though it was a smaller number, but now it's a all black church. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were laughing because Pastor G uh, turned his head toward the camera when he said, <laughs> "Look like me." Right? <laughs> um, yeah, so, and that's just what God did. It has happened that quick. And I and I try not to make this whole, you know, uh, racial or, um, or make it, you know, a matter of, um, you know, color or anything that, but however... I think that you know it's it's a false statement to say that people don't see color. Mm -hmm. right. um, in most cases, even you know, as I, I I don't think that I meet the standard of any of those th those things that you that you two opened up about on on, on what attracted you guys to me. I don't see myself that way. But the point is that we all look for someone that we can identify with. Yeah, and oftentimes it's going to start with. You know, you see people who look like you. Yeah, um, very true. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's what's happened. Um, and I think that you know, in fifteen, twenty years, or in five years, if our neighborhood change again, where there's another uh, group of people, and our church is now all black, mm. then well, then we need to do something different because wow. you're. I, I just personally believe that your church should reflect the community that it's in. Mm. Yeah, mm. interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. And if it doesn't, like, that's problematic. That's probably mean that you've become some little private social club yeah. and you're failing to do the Great Commission, which is to go out. <laughs> so I guess that, that could be a lead-in question yeah. to the whole topic. Uh, so if, if your pastor is an elderly white man and the congregation is black and a lot of them younger black people you, do you think that those younger black people let's just say should uh maybe consider the racial aspect of it in regards to in regards to hey like this guy may not identify with me gotcha or gotcha understand counsel me how i should be or you know stuff like that well if the if the congregation is still there um and they're younger and black or any other 
of of any other ethnic group. I mm-hmm. mean, it's probably has been some type of relationship builder on why on, on why they are there. Mm-hmm. So that pastor is probably doing um, somewhat of a good job where he's been able to close the gap. Yeah. Um, in between that, but I think if it was reversed, um, where you had an older um, white pastor. Or an older black pastor or Hispanic, it doesn't matter. And like there's a separation between a different group. And if that group is immediately outside your doors, I think the problem or the burden of responsibility falls on the pastor Mm -hmm. or the leadership of that church more than it does the congregants. Um, Because as a leader or leaders, if there's some divide, like why isn't it that we don't have any young people in our church? And yeah. it could, I mean, it could be a black pastor with a black congregation. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But if all of your church is elderly yeah. and your elder elderly pastor is an age at some point, I mean, here's the reality. Like we're all going to die at some point. Right. And if you have an elderly church and consistently you got people dying off, there's no lineage to come up behind that. Right. Mm. So uh, from a leadership perspective, like, hey, if I want to preserve the legacy of this ministry, then we need to do something different. Mm -hmm. And more than likely, that starts with me. Mm -hmm. And that's what a real problem is. People don't want to let go of that. But there should be uh, someone to come along after me that's younger, that's that's in touch. Um, that's that that knows the pulse of this other generation, and mm-hmm. that's ultimately what becomes the problem, in my opinion. But wow. it probably could be proven as fact. But yeah, yeah. Oh, man. that kind of you know, I don't know what order we're gonna uh-huh. go in, right? No Just kind of uh, throwing things at you here, right? But your last point, you know, with their, um, you know, say you had a situation where mm-hmm. there is no, you know, generation coming up behind mm-hmm. the existing generation in the church. What, well, first, two questions, okay. right? Because people are saying that that is something that is happening. Like millennials are not really coming, you know, into the church, mm-hmm. you know, as I guess they once have in the, not the millennials, not millennials, but like younger, you know, mm-hmm. a new generation is not yeah. coming into the church, right? Uh-huh. Millennials, yeah. Huh? Millennials, I would say, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm talking, I guess, like from like different news headlines that I've seen, right? So okay. yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're saying millennials are not coming into mm-hmm. the churches these days. Mm-hmm. And um, first, just why do you think, you know, from your perspective, being a pastor, why do you think that that is not happening? Um, man, I I think it's it's larger than just the millennials. Mm. But if we just focus on the millennials, um, I don't even know what age group that is anymore. Because, you know, <laughs> anyway, so if, if we focus just on the millennials, like we live in, uh, we, we, we have things called smartphones and smart tablets. We have smart people now. Yeah. <laughs> and, not, and, that, and that's not to imply that anybody else that's non-millennial isn't smart. I'm just saying that um, this particular group of people grew up in the information-based age yeah. mm-hmm. where, I mean, now we can pick up our phone. Right. And I remember I was pressed when I first had a computer that had a gigabyte of space. I mean, and I was building the things, and you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> but I got like 64 gigs in my pocket. Yeah. 
And like I have the internet in my pocket. It's not that old AOL dial up that you got to wait. And even when, I mean, you wait and it's just waiting for a page. I mean, like just, so information is so accessible nowadays. Mm -hmm. And that particular generation grew up like with a bottle in their mouth and like understanding how to work a video game. Right. That's a good thing. However, churches. I mean, is is like behind the curb when it comes to being technically advanced. Mm. So that right there puts them at a disadvantage um, because they're not keeping up with the times. Huh. Um, okay. And and just with technology alone, um, but I think just if we look at the larger scope of things, I think the church is becoming um, less and less relevant. Um, mm. That doesn't mean that. God is any less relevant or Jesus right. is any less relevant. I think the way that we um, offer our messages are it's not relevant to this current climate that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, we're preaching messages of old and we're still talking about the olden days. And I remember when this used to happen or I, I remember saying. when this yeah. instead of focusing, OK, that's great. But what does that have to do with today? Yeah, because we're never going back. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, gym shoes or styles may go backwards, but as just culturally, as a people, that's never going to happen again. Those yeah. days are gone. Grandma and grandma and grandpa, I asked when the elderly people were still at my church, "Do you all want families in this church?" And they was like, "Of course we do." Yeah, but I'm talking to a 93 year old lady and an 81 year old man that when they were when their idea of family was a man and a woman. And, you know, two kids, a fence or whatever, a night, uh, you know, a car where families nowadays, especially depends on what, you know, zip code that we live in, maybe yeah. a mother mm-hmm. with four kids that has three different fathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not picking on that person, but right. that's just the reality of where we live at today. Wow. So when we use the word family, it doesn't necessarily have the same structural meaning that mm-hmm. it may have had wow. at another time. That's a great point. Wow. You know, like, let's address the elephant in the room. We talk about families nowadays, too. You may have a family that has two dads and two moms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not talking about whether or not it's right or wrong or not. Yeah. However, that is the reality reality. of the current climate that we live in. And we have to address that. Jeez. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great great point. How do you feel... uh, like, cause that you're making me think about how like that affects the way government, like government in the church used to have like a, it was a very strong relationship, you know, where right. I guess clergy would be very involved in what was happening, right? You know, with law and stuff like this. If you want to talk about, you know, like the the original, like the Catholic Church, and you go back. Please don't do stuff, but no. Please don't do that. But but you <laughs> you saw. I mean, even if you look at you know, uh, you know, the Bill of Rights and right. amendments and all that stuff, like you see some kind of honoring of God in in it in this country especially. Right. But like, it just goes to show, like that's kind of not even in the conversation. Right. When it comes to like you know. Um, what millennials are thinking about mm. when we're looking at a president and stuff, or or looking right. at people who lead in government, it's just not even, you know, the the topics come up, 
mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to abortion or yeah. this and this and this. But it's not really, it's based on what I, and maybe I'm going off on a totally different tangent, but it's like, I think millennials, it has to do with like the whole information thing. Like, yeah. I think millennials are really into like, I I can figure this out on my own. Yeah. Like you said, I got all this information yeah. on my phone. I don't, right. I could come up with my own conclusions. And yeah. the church hasn't really, there's that lack of presence where there's no authority on this side the church isn't really and the government doesn't really show authority for it in the same way that it used to it was like man you just said a mouthful uh you are absolutely right the truth of the matter is none of us need another person for information we have the internet and we can go digital libraries i mean Information, the, the information highway is just it, it just doesn't stop. Um, I mean, we can go in grocery stores or we can go to banks and we don't need tellers anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. It's called self-checkout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got cars that will drive itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to. We don't need anybody. Yeah. I mean, dude, like Blockbuster was doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon shut that down. Like I don't have to come to your store. I can stream it from my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, for the longest time, like Walmart had the, the market share on lock. Right. Until Amazon came along. Dude, yeah. I could like order this from my computer <laughs> and I got Prime. It'll be here in two days. Free shipping. Yeah. Shout out to Amazon Prime. But <laughs> But my point is, like, we just live in a, in an information age that, I mean, like, your computer in two years is like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so technology mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Is, is constantly advancing. Um, God has still God. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. God knew that technology was coming. I mean, we see it in the Bible. It mm-hmm. talks about the, 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 the men that built the Tower of Babel. Like they were able to use mortar because it was able to bend. Like people, just the mind of man was always advancing. Yeah. So God knew this. I just think again, as as the church, or just I, I think sometimes we stay locked um, in a certain space of time. I remember my grandmother them used to say like that the TV was the devil's play box, or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, TVs are now obsolete in that sense. They're like so now, I guess the internet would be yeah, that or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. these things that we were afraid to embrace mm-hmm. often was the thing that catapulted, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think we need to find a balance. I think my uncle asked—I know what it was. My uncle asked me a question one day. My uncle's uh, a pastor, but he was like. You know, did Jesus and Paul and Peter and those guys, um, did they use uh, 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 modern modes of transportation? Did they use technology in their days and time? <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Uh-huh. We see Jesus and Peter and those guys on the boat. They didn't swim across the lake. Right, right. Sometimes, you know, we see Jesus riding into the city on, the, on, the, on a colt mm-hmm. or a donkey. If you got the King James Version, it says ass. It's not a curse word. Yeah. <laughs> but the point of what I'm saying is that, yes, the, the answer is yes. Yeah. They they used modern means of technology of whatever that looks like in their particular time. I see. Mm-hmm. So imagine if Jesus was still walking the earth today. Would he use Facebook? Would he use Snapchat? You know? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Paul literally wrote letters with a pen 
and sent them out by carriers. And the scribes and the Pharisees of those days, they didn't have copy machines. They literally used whatever their version was a pen, yeah. and they made copies. This was before the copy machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think that if those guys <laughs> had electricity in the copy machine, they would have just put it on there? <laughs> Because that probably would have helped on whether or not we would, you know, fi- find if our Bible is, is it has has discrepancies or not. Because it just would have copied whatever <laughs> yeah, the guy yeah, wrote yeah. versus me missing the word. So I, I, I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. It may not, but when we we don't look at it in that context. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> interesting, dude. I don't even know where I left off. If that was <laughs> your question or not, I'm just it's rather, all good. Please yeah, stop we just me. talking. This, <laughs> yeah. this is what we do on here. We just talk, bro. My bad. Nah, well, I didn't know if you uh, wanted to continue down that. <laughs> nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to go down that anymore. <laughs> nope. All right, all right. But I'm sorry. You, What did you ask me about? You did say something, and you made reference to the Catholic Church or just churches, period. What? Re- rewind oh, no, I was talking about, like, the whole idea of separation between church and state. Church and state. How, like, yes. it was a closer relationship. That's the part I wanted. And, you know, there was a... If the if the law of the land was getting a, a little bit out of line, mm. there was a certain like rebuke or authority right. that the church right. had, and respect on the other side too of like, hey, you know, okay, we'll listen to what you need, mm-hmm. what you guys are saying in terms mm. of our law and stuff like this. But like, I I feel like that's not even a thing today. You know, unfortunately, when we look at like in just even specifically this nation our, our nation um history that cuz you brought up the you know the, the 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 constitution and the amendments or whatever and um the foundation of our laws was built off of some biblical principle our 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 currency saying god we trust unfortunately uh it still was as much as there was this foundational principle about biblical you know this is the laws of our lands and you even Uh brought up things like abortion and things of that nature when we look at these same people that were supposed to be morally right based off of what the bible said a lot of these guys were slave owners Mm -hmm. a lot of these guys you know violated the very things that they said that you know they stand for God and country, and it was supposed to be this closeness. And now today, you hear that talk that like, well, the our laws were once built off biblical principles, and now we're getting away from it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think we're getting away from it, outside of the fact that it was never really designed yeah. off of truth anyway. It was people picking these particular parts of it and if there's a part of a truth then it's a lie altogether right you know so we got you know uh conservative evangelical christians that the major topic that you just brought up was like abortion Mm. okay is abortion wrong like because we're talking about murder but it's okay for these same people have no problem and and I say this, and I'm a military. I'm a military vet, served in the Marine Corps. But these same people have no problems with declaring war mm-hmm. and sending troops and soldiers to another country where children are killed all the time, mm-hmm. and they're not even fighting. But we just bombed this whole area, and these are the casualties. But see, yeah. nobody really talks about that. Yeah, murder is murder. 
is murder. So why does every conversation, the first topic of a conversation is whether or not, you know, you're pro-life or not? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That like yeah, completely flips me out. Like, why yeah. is this, why is this your barometer on what you want to choose on whether or not this person is for abortion or not? Mm-hmm. When nobody's talking about all of the murders that's happening in our urban neighborhoods, like where are the guns and stuff coming from? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, nobody's talking about the onslaught of drugs in our communities that's murdering. Like you have babies that's being born, like strung out on crack. Right. But, you know, powers that be, I mean, is, you know, I'm not on, like, where did the drugs come from? Like murder is murder. But we got people like, that's government officials that have been found, proven fact that like this ship or vessel that they owned, like got caught, yeah. but they don't know about it. Yeah. Somebody's getting paid, right? but we want to have a conversation about abortion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the one and not, don't neglect the other. Yeah. Like miss me with that. So, <laughs> so what do you think is going on there though? Like why, why even present you know, like founded on Christian principles, founded on God. Because there was a time where even if we go back to like church history Uh um, and, and, and God never meant for it to be this way, but this is just what happens when you have men and can, you know, that want to be in control because just naturally who we are, we're evil. I don't care. We think we good, but we just have an evil nature, but it, Historically, even in Jesus's time, people used religion to control. And there was always someone that benefited from that control. And God never God never wanted to have a relationship with us to control us. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have a relationship with us so that because he literally wanted to fellowship with us yeah. and our obedience to him was not out of fear, but it was out of love and reverence. Mm-hmm. But men get involved. And again, because I know we, some of those questions was about serving pastors and putting them up on pedestals. How do we get back to that? Mm-hmm. Where like, no, like a pastor is a shepherd, mm-hmm. like. That's what it means. It's you're supposed to be leading, but shepherds were like always in the field with the sheep. They wasn't standing on top of mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole hierarchy thing that we like to do, where it's big eyes and it's little use, and yeah. I'm the man of God, and you're like, no. If you're in the body of Christ, you the man of God. You the man of God. <laughs> I'm the man of God. Yeah. Jesus actually says the opposite: that the greatest amongst you will be the one that serves. serves yeah. Yeah. Not to be served. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I saw that to say that. Wow. Like we wow. like so we just as <laughs> like dude, like <laughs> I don't even know where this conversation is going. Conversation. Yeah, it's it's like but it's like so we're into this stuff for like the wrong reasons and it's really at the end of the day it's about like what can I get out of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus like not what can I do. Right. Yeah. Um it's we're we're look we're we're in it for self gain. Um so all right. That leads to <laughs> you got something. Well, I got something. But go right, ahead, go, 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 no, no, no. go ahead. Like nobody wants All to be right. president because they want to serve their country. They want to be president because, like, you literally become yeah. the powerfulest man in the world. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to be a senator because, like, I really want to do something for my state. Like, no, you right. in it for the power. Right. <laughs> hey, and so that mentality 
is trickling over. Well, not trickling over, but it's, it's always it's been. This <laughs> <It's laughs> is not starting. Jesus now. was against that. That's why right. he wanted to kill him. Yeah. They, they said they're like, hey, if we don't do something about him, yeah. they're going to stop following us right. and follow him. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we got to kill him. Mm-hmm. Jeez. This yeah. isn't nothing new. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. What are we talking about? uh, So many things you're talking about right now. Um, Man, y'all got to give me like a 30 second timer to. Nah, nah. I don't don't even like that that. though. I don't like. I don't like any structure. I like to hear you. So what about? uh, Because something you said made me think about. Oh, because you said we we go into. we go into this with a idea of like, what can I get out of it? Yeah. What can God do for me? You know, yeah. I got this. I got this going on. Yeah. Best life now, and yeah. da, 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 that type of stuff. But like, that leads me to what if? What if someone is at a church? I guess where do you think people should fall when it comes to like preaching a gospel of prosperity? What is 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 that all bad? Is that something that people should run from? Mm-hmm. If your pastor is, you know, question. just like, you know, uh, I mean, and I'll put names out there just so Uh-oh. people can relate to what I'm and understand what I'm talking about. There are pastors that preach like uh, Joel Olstein, how it's kind of like a empowering, you know, Friends. get your get your blessings and all that kind of stuff. I yeah. like Joel Osteen. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah, like... No, no, guess, no, no, no. Great question. That's the only, you know, the only way to phrase it, I guess, these days is the prosperity gospel. But it's this yeah. idea that, you know... This is my Bible. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So here's the thing uh, uh, about prosperity or prospering or whatever that is Mm -hmm. it is my personal belief that it was never ever ever god's intention for any one of us to suffer and be poor as a matter of fact prior to to the fall Mm -hmm. the earth was supposed to produce itself for adam Mm mm-hmm and the curse was, well, now you're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. Mm-hmm. So we see that there was a change there. We also read texts like the the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the gold is mine and the silver is mine and, you know, and the cattle is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says that I pray that you should prosper as your soul prospers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're just talking about that. So I don't, that's, I don't think that God would want any of us or that, again, or that was his original intention for that. Yeah. Um, but I do agree that people have taken that and run with it mm-hmm. because Jesus himself, the man, uh, did not come from uh, um, um, a rich family. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if we just talk about social class, John's family probably had more money than he did, mm. um, than his family did. Um, but I say all that to say the Bible says that he was even nothing to be desired. I mean, we know how he was born. He wasn't, he was not, he was born in an animal then. Like mm-hmm. they didn't even have a room at the end for him. So he wasn't even born into wealth or anything of that nature. So I just think that nowadays as a society is what we see as being prosperous. Mm-hmm. 
and what's not that idea is most cases revolve around money. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have any money, yeah. per se, then I can't. I'm not prosperous and I'm not blessed of the Lord. Right. You know, I'm I'm anointed because I drive this particular car yeah. and I got these clothes and these suits on. So we've just become, you know, mm-hmm. Christian. We're, we're, we're the Christian version of BET, Yo B or Yo MTV Raps. You know, we're, we're celebrities in that regard. As far as you know, we gotta have a bling and we listen at songs. As much as I like them, and I think that this was probably one of the hottest R&B tracks of that year, but, you know, the God in me, you know, you you got the white shirt and the white tee, and, you know, what you don't see is I'm on my knees and I'm praying it's the God in me, as if, like, you know, so I can write checks with a whole lot of zeros because I'm on my knees praying. But what about the person that's on their knees praying every day, but... Don't, don't have enough money to you, you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. As yeah. if they're any less favored of God. Right. So I think we've taken that and we've run with it. Mm-hmm. And there are some specific reasons on why some of us suffer financially. Mm-hmm. There are some specific reasons why some of us may be better um financially, you know, so we were disciplined with some things mm-hmm. and we were able to make something. And then quite frankly, there's some of us that's even in the body of Christ, um, unfortunately, some of these, some of them, not all, uh-huh. uh, um, of these preachers are capitalizing off the ignorance of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so their idea of this is what anointing looks like. No, this is what a good con looks like. Mm-hmm. And where being ignorant of something like works is detrimental to you, but it's more beneficial to me. Yeah. And it's beneficial to me to keep you in ignorance. And mm-hmm. I'll keep telling you, about you know prosperity and this is how you get this but yeah. i'm not really telling you that you know the offerings that you keep giving is how you become prosperous so churches yeah gosh this is this is like i really shouldn't be I, because this this is not all everybody yeah, 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 but right, the right, truth right, of the matter right, is churches has right. become like you know this pyramid scheme yeah. where I don't care what you do. You go bring five people and that five people bring five people like you're not getting bumped up the ladder. It's it's going to yeah. point somewhere else. Wow. I think, you know, and, and that's and that would be dangerous of me just to leave that out there because I think, mm-hmm. you know, again, these are we have to look at every case. But um, to your question, I don't, I'm going down a rabbit hole to your question. Um Everything is in the Bible. So mm. being prosperous is in the Bible, but also being poor is in the mm. Bible. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. being healthy is in the Bible, but also being sick is in the Bible. Right. Right. And there were some that were blessed because of what would have been what societal norms would have considered a negative or less than. Mm-hmm. Mm. You see what I mean? Yeah. 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 That that does not always look like what you want to make me think that that is and that's and 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 like now i'm like paul where i have to be content in any situation because i can be you know i might not have as much money as you yeah but that surely doesn't mean that i'm not favored of god so for people that like that's the message that they want to preach and for people that like they need to go to church that's preaching that. I mean, God bless you, but man, God is so much bigger yeah. than than money. I mean, you all were just talking about some equipment that you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, is that prosperity? Mm. Yeah. 
I would yeah. say so. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So let me just ask you this question. Um, I kind of want to go back to what you were saying before. I, I don't like to rewind too much, but we were talking about uh, how a pastor is a shepherd, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. if I'm looking for a shepherd, you know, what are what are the characteristics? I know, like, we could get into what a shepherd was, like, in old times and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, in, in modern-day times in the, um, I guess, like, when we're talking about a church, you know, that I can attend, and we're talking about the pastor who's mm-hmm. a shepherd of the church, like, what am I looking for, you know, as somebody who is searching for a church home? What am I looking for in a shepherd? You know, that's that part of it is kind of difficult to kind of like pinpoint because the truth of the matter is all of us, if you go to a church and you see this this guy or in some cases there's a a woman up that's the pastor of the church or the preacher or whoever, we don't really know anything about them. We don't know them. Mm -hmm. Most of the times we're attracted by what we see right there in front of us. So this person has charisma. Mm. You know, and they're able to engage the people. Or this person, like, man, like, seem really studied. And, he, and, and this person has charisma, knowledge, and, you know, they also have the theatrics in their voice. And, like, yeah. all of that, like, intrigues us. So, in most cases, those are generally the type of things that attracts us to yeah. a particular church. There's something about that we immediately see. It's the same thing. You know, when you were out at the grocery store, or you was driving down the street and you saw your wife for the first time mm-hmm. or an ex-girlfriend or whatever the case may be. You didn't know anything about her. Right, right. <laughs> it was just something <laughs> right there, you know, that I like. Mm-hmm. And then right. come to find out, not our wives, but, you know, the ex-girlfriend, <laughs> that she was crazy as all get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see, because but I, I, what initially drawed me to her or him, if you're a woman listening, it was something that you saw. I think, you know, what we actually look for when we start talking about pastoring mm. is something that's going to come through relationship. Mm. Now, here's the problem. Depends on the size of the church you go to. Yeah. I have absolutely nothing against mega churches. However, I just don't see them being as efficient when it comes to the one-on-one personal relationship with shepherding. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because if... Man, if I'm attracted to this 10,000 member church and man, this church is doing great things, I want to be a part of that. I'm going to be a part of that. Well, yeah. good luck at actually getting the chance to get up close one on one with that pastor. Yeah. Now, some of the ones that's better at doing that, they have second and third, you know, secondary leadership and stuff. Uh-huh. So you may get in contact with one of the other leaders, but the likelihood of you being with that person yeah. is probably slim to none. Hmm. Wow. Um, with all that being said, I think, you know, what we're looking for in the pastor, it should, you know, be based off of some um, relationship that has developed over time. And the whole reason um, for this structure is, is that Jesus says that we're to go out and make disciples, which means that you should be able to teach me. Hmm. Teach me what? He says the things that I've taught you. Yeah. And therefore, you should be teaching me to be like you so that I can go out and reproduce and teach disciples Mm -hmm. and that those disciples can go out and teach disciples versus you teaching me to become 
well, you know, I can't go. I, I only need to be under you. You uh-huh. should be teaching me to go out. And we should be reproducing ourselves. Um, And for me, I mean, that's one of the things that I look for now that like after I've gotten over the initial like, hey, I think I want to go, you know, sit with that person. Um, Like, what is it that like now or like, yeah, I walked in on a good Sunday. But like, are you consistent with this message? Is your message something that just tickles my fancy or is this message something that. Um, It's causing me to want to change and not change with, you know, the societal norms, but to be more like Christ. Um, And I think if we can find some type of path of consistency, um, then, you know, like is do you live a life that reflect this? Um, Is it just, you know, for show when you're up here on Sunday or like when you're telling me that Jesus says, um, to love your neighbor like are you really coming out being a neighbor yeah. or do your security completely block you off and you go off to the back and like I got to go through five people to talk to you <laughs> right. um, you know it's things like that and again I understand like I'm not like I love the fact that my that my church is small because it allows me to be right there and I'm sure as as it grows I won't be able to do everything with everybody mm. But man, I don't ever want it to get that big that I can't be personable with everybody. Like I don't, I, I, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I just pray that people like you and anybody else that know me will remind me if I ever start thinking of myself <laughs> too highly. Like, hey, remember you said that? Like, play this back. Um. Because I think that if we're gonna be a shepherd, mm-hmm. the shepherd, the shepherds, was not a job that people. Uh, uh, like people weren't wasn't fighting after the job to be <laughs> shepherd. That was a lonely job. Yeah. It was a nasty, stinky job. You were out in the fields with the sheep all day. Wow, wow. I mean, and you were amongst them, and your job was to lead them from point A to point B. Yeah. You were to go and lead them in places, not just for the sake of doing it, but where there was. Uh, food for or grass for them to pasture off of you would lead them to green pastures you know uh, that's that's that yeah. the lord is my shepherd yeah. you know right. you would lead them to green pastures so that they would have nutrients in order for them to grow mm-hmm. that was your job and, and after and you wouldn't let us stay right here because if we eat all the food right here there's going to be so we have to move somewhere else so this can grow so we can come back here so that there will be always you know nutrients for us to grow Mm. so you have to be there and lead from within and that also means that you have to smell and deal with all of this other stuff that comes along with it and protect them from and protect them from danger Mm -hmm. yes sir and be willing to give your life for them because you're fighting to keep them alive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if that person does not display those particular characteristics and all you do Mm -hmm. is hear it but you never see it. Uh, I think, you know, that I don't necessarily, in my opinion, don't think that you're a pastor. You might be a preacher. Wow. You might be a motivational speaker. Yeah. yeah. And, and and here's the thing. Some people are just that. And I think we need to, like, call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Some people are great preachers. Yeah. Yeah. But a pastor, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I wanted you to talk about a little bit because um, – I think that today we can see the role of a 
pastor being preaching, teaching, yeah. you know, like that kind of a thing, but are they necessarily pastoring? Yeah. You know, and I mm, think people yeah. really aren't thinking about what a pastor pa- is anymore. Yeah. Like we have to define that now. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's, it, it's something that I don't, you know, that's a whole other subject. But yeah, I, I just think that, you know, there's not a, there's a whole lot of preachers, there's a whole lot of teachers. Uh, and maybe it's just me being naive because I'm all excited because I'm new to the game, but I just don't think that there's yeah. a whole lot of pastors. Yeah. <laughs> there's some and you yeah. know and and, and 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 praise god to those of you who are out there that are actually being pastors but mm-hmm. i just think that you know they're the minority these days wow yeah and it's not like to belittle the if you are a good preacher right right you know it's it's a gift you know people have the gift to lead exhort yeah all yeah. these different things absolutely you know teach yeah. is a gift it's a gift you know it's but, a gift you know if because like sometimes I guess like you can become a pastor of a church but not preach maybe mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah. there's so different there's so many different models of leadership mm-hmm. out there uh, the problem is most of us um, especially in a black church uh-huh. we're used to one particular uh, mm-hmm. form of church government yeah um, are we going to talk about that yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> All right. I've had the experience to be exposed to some other ways of doing things okay. where in and in, in, in some of the Caucasian churches uh-huh. um and some others where their governmental structure is different so they have like an administrative pastor mm-hmm. but they also have a teaching pastor or a preaching pastor or whatever because they recognize that this particular person is gifted in this area yeah. or this person has a particular skill set in this area yeah versus like this one pastor lead that does all things yeah, yeah. um and they have what is called or referred to as plural eldership uh-huh. where there's multiple elders now and then when it comes to salary and stuff like this person might be the salaried person for this or whatever mm-hmm. just based off of the church's finances and what they're capable of doing but the point is that they've appointed people at their particular skill set mm-hmm. and they use the word pastor uh-huh. but these guys are actually the shepherds or the elders of the particular church and there's plurality in in the leadership role not just one person is there a particular i guess hierarchy or church structure that aligns um with the biblical structure that existed i guess like in the book of acts or sure if you look at the disciples Mm -hmm. jesus's disciples they were all equal amongst each other Mm -hmm. um so here we see this plurality of elders right now they historically you know they began to venture off as you know as they began to get persecuted and they were ran off to different areas which caused them to go to different places um but the church itself there was only one church Mm. and that's where this whole word catholic come from right catholic just means unity yeah. Now, when we hear the word Catholic, we refer to the Roman Catholic Roman Church, Catholic, right. which actually, I mean, it, the, prior to the Reformation and Martin Luther, you know, it, it was only one church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, 
we became Protestant because Martin because they protested. That's the word Protestant yeah. against the church, and you know that started this whole trickle down effect that like now we have all these different denominations or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the point being is that there there was only <laughs> hold up. <laughs> but the point being is like we like when we talk about the church, I'm gonna have to play this at like half speed. <laughs> <laughs> like dude man that's like we'll be here forever but when we talk about the the the, the literal meaning of the church there's uh-huh. only one church it's not your church and my church it's not first or second or third this yeah there's only one church the church is the body or the bride of christ yeah we're we're, we're one church we're one body one lord mm-hmm. one baptism now if we just start looking at Christians across the globe, of course, one person or it's kind of impossible that we have this, you know, you know, board of elders that will lead the whole world. But at some point before Christianity grew to what it was, it really was. Mm. So that's why you would see Paul off doing his thing. But he would come back to talk to the apostles and what they all agreed on uh-huh. is what everybody went out and did. Mm. Which again, this is how our church started. Yeah, people began to, you know, break off from that and start adding into their own thing. And of course, people couldn't read at some point, so the bishops and the priests would keep certain things from information, and they were like actually, you know, making people pay for stuff, all kind of stuff. Which again, was why Martin Luther began mm-hmm. to protest against that type of stuff. And the same thing happens now because people don't read their Bible and people know that they're ignorant. They tell them whatever they want to do and they have this form of control over them. Whole nother story. But the point of what I'm saying is that when we start talking about government uh-huh. within itself, um, and I even I mean, this is nothing against people who have this type of government in their church. Some of them are doing a particularly good job at it, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more than others. However, there's oftentimes more than we sh- you know, people would mention where this type of authority is being abused. Mm. And we're just repeating the same cycles yeah. of church history where you have a few people that's controlling yeah. mm-hmm. the people and you got to go through these particular folk in order to get to God where the whole point of the veil being ripped was to get rid of the priesthood and now the high priest is Christ and it's through him that we have access to God mm-hmm. and all of us. So when we start looking at leadership amongst the church, um, all of us have certain gifts and callings. And if we would start um, 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 nurturing people to grow in that we probably could be a little bit more effective in what wow. we do wow. because we can actually appoint people that has a particular skill set in the thing and have yeah. a better governing of you know the things that god has put us in charge right. of i'm sorry uh, yeah kind of went i need a 30 nah. second time <laughs> <laughs> nah. nah that's awesome that's awesome mm. that's but that's why the holy spirit gives out gifts yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. because there were gifts of administration, there was gifts of preaching, there was gifts of teaching, there was gifts of this. Why? For the maturation of the body. Yeah, yeah. Until the whole body becomes mature, like that's what it was for. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole body. That's first, uh, first Corinthians. Yes. Yeah. But how is 12. it that you got a gift, but you need to come sit under me so I could teach you it before you can? Like, yeah. If, if he gave you a gift, 
it was so you can participate. Mm. Yeah. And my gift doesn't have to be in competition with your gift. Mm -hmm. Just like the hand isn't in competition with the foot. If we're one body, they both serve different, they have different functions, but it's for the same body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, All right. All right. Man. Let me continue on. Because, uh, like, that particular conversation is, is something that is very, um, I guess, personal for me because of just, like, what I've seen, the experiences I've had. You yeah, know, it's crazy, man. Churches, Rachel, yeah. Like, just watching people um, kind of celebrate leadership at the top while, you know, people are sitting yeah. in the congregation. Yeah. With, you know, like you said, skill sets, abilities, like, great gifts, mm-hmm. like, tremendous gifts. Yeah. but. You know, you get an opportunity maybe once a year to share that with somebody or, you know, it's 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 very uh, I don't know. It's like there's there's no opportunity for growth. Now, here's the now here's the problem with that, too. Like, let's because you're you're absolutely right. And I've been a victim of that. Um, But then we also too got to bring some balance to the conversation, because the truth of the matter is everybody's pulpit isn't going to be the church. Right. You see. Agreed. So your pulpit may be at your law firm Mm -hmm. and your pulpit may be at the grocery store or whatever. Because here's again, we're supposed to go out and make disciples. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, we did have those particular guys like James who never left Jerusalem, who actually became like the apostle of Jerusalem Mm -hmm. where he stayed there. But people would come. Excuse me. Paul would often go back and talk to those guys Mm. and then go back to the Jerusalem council and then go back out. So I think when we're talking about positioning, like there is going to be a person that's his or her primary function will be at your physical location of the church, uh, of your church building, your church address. But I should also be able to empower you that when you go out to wherever, you know, you're going out to, that you have the exact same authority out there as in here because we're all serving one God, one Mm -hmm. Lord, one baptism. Mm -hmm. So when we look at leadership like in that particular role, and the Bible does say give honor where honor is due. So, yeah, we should give honor, but it doesn't mean worship them. The worship is reserved for God. You you, you see what I mean? So I think we have to bring some balance. And unfortunately for, I don't know where this idea came from, but like you've reached the mark if you get the, be up on the pulpit on Sunday. That's the, <laughs> Sunday. Sunday is the big show. Yeah, yeah. And not the and, and not the six thirty service. Like nah, the ten or eleven o'clock service where everybody yeah. come. Like you made it. Yeah. Um, or you may be the person that teach Bible study or small group mm-hmm. if that's where you're gifted at. Right. But you know we don't look at those particular things as like nah. Like I want to, I want to do that up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and where everybody's not going to do that. And I think that you know if we also bring that in perspective too, um, you know where are you called? Like I, I, I'm called. Okay, that's great. But yeah. called to do what? Right. Called to do it where? Yeah. Um, because I think that again we could be more effective. If we're all out, like if you're out preaching, you know, in your context in Seattle and you're in Denver and I'm in D.C. and somebody else is somewhere. Somebody like, man, like the gospel is being spread. Yeah. But if we all trying to preach at church yeah. to a bunch of, you know, saved people already. But it make again, it make me feel good because when I say something, I get the oohs and the ahs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and and again, I think that just falls on both sides because then, like you said, there are the abuse where there are people that are sitting on gifts and they're being overlooked and people are keeping their thumb on them. Again, I've been a victim of that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just think that we need to address that, you know, in its own context to see which is what. All right. So now I got another question for you. Right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about like, uh, like since we're talking about like different gifts and assignments and callings, mm-hmm. right? We talk about like the five fold ministry. Gosh, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not ready to get uh, you know, too deep into mm-hmm. it, but if you were to say how those I guess like five different ministries mm-hmm. are to function mm-hmm. within an individual church, mm-hmm. what would that look like? Because I feel Can like you explain. Yeah, yeah. I guess my question more so is like, if you have an apostle, what are the fivefold ministries? Oh gosh, please for, don't for ask me that. about anything about an apostle. I will not answer that question. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not answering that question. All right, all right, I'll answer it though. If we'll you, fall back. I'll answer it, but don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, wait. So is it what, apostle? Uh oh. Go ahead. Pastor. Teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, evangelist. Mm-hmm. What's the last one? I'm missing somebody. Keep going. You Is it, it teacher? Yeah, the teacher and uh, preacher depends on um depends on what version you're reading. Apostle, prophet, evangelist. There you go, prophet. That's what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. My bad. Prophet. The say prophet. wait, wait. Say it, say it real quick. Yep, you got it. All right. So if you have all those sitting mm-hmm. within one house right mm-hmm. what i guess like does that look like because mm. the way i the way i've always the way it's always been presented to me is that a pastor sits at the top of the church you uh-huh. know what i mean um and i'm not saying anything is right or wrong i'm just trying to get your perspective on like is is should the pastor be at the top uh Telling the prophet when to prophesy, telling the teacher when to teach, telling the apostle when to apostle stuff. Telling, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what hey, should man, the? I need, I need you to get apostolic <laughs> real quick. Do you do your apostle thing today? <laughs> you know, in the noonday service. Go you out, know? right? Um, and this, that's, it, a, that's, that's a, a it's that's a weird a, question. It's but. a weird question because at first you have to establish. Okay, well. Are there truly apostles today and that kind of stuff? Oh, did you? He did. That was a statement. That wasn't a question. Because right? that sounded like a statement. I'm sorry. I, I hope that was because if if it's a question, I'm gonna have to answer it. But if it's a statement, I could just nod my head. Nah, that's a question. It's certainly a question. I, I saw the question I didn't mark. Mean to, uh, set you up. So, like, watch this. So, if you're talking about Ephesians 4:11, right? Mm. And it says that. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, um, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and Uh mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro waves, Mm -hmm. carried about by every doctrine of human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking in truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head and to Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which with which it is equipped, 
when each part is working, watch this, properly, uh-huh. <laughs> making the body grow so it builds itself up in love. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the answer to your question is nobody tells anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. They're all equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, they're all equal and their purpose is to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah. And it says that they do it in love, so there is no competition. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. See. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's All it. right. Yeah. That's that's kind of why I asked it because I, which, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Which even in First Corinthians, when Paul was talking about orderly worship, that you know these people was probably look like our churches today, where everybody like you know is just going crazy and speaking in tongues and prophesying and flipping out at the same time, and there's no order to what's going on. Yeah. And Paul says that like, hey, and when it comes to orderly worship, there is no competition. And I'm paraphrasing that with it that when you're speaking in tongues, that like you and me just speaking in tongues together, there's no order in that, and neither one of us understand what's going on. Yeah. He says, so our spirit is fruitful, but our mind is clueless of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they either speak in tongue in, in the corner over here in quietness, unless there's someone here to interpret. Mm-hmm. Now here's another gift coming into play. So you're speaking in tongues. Now you're going to come in and interpret what's going on, which means that you need the probably you said something. If we look at how interpreters work, you say something. You tell everybody else what's being said so those who are not speaking in tongues and other people that are speaking in tongues can have some clarity about what it is that you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then he talked about the prophets that when you're prophesying, hey, you prophesy, and then if another one stands up and prophesy, then you sit down and be quiet and let him do it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it brings clarity and like now everybody knows what's going on. There's no competition, so you start right. speaking in tongues, so I start speaking in tongues louder. Right, right. Like, no, there's unity, there's love. It is done out of love because there's no competition when it comes to love. It's, yeah. Everything is in order. And there's no confusion. There's I no confusion, the no. Passage, yes, it sir. It says, like, because there's no confusion in God. Yes. You know? yeah. So, like, if you up there, like you said, you can control it. Yeah. Sit down. Wait, wait your turn. Let him finish. You know, yeah, like, you ain't that moved in the spirit that you. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ain't got I ain't no control. Like, no, nah, dude, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Like read First Corinthians. That's that's not how it works. So there's no competition. And to your question about the you know the quote unquote fivefold ministry, how does that work? If you actually possess, you know, not you per se, but if those five gifts are in your church and it's not being utilized or is not being utilized properly, then you're stunning the growth of your people because it's supposed to help bring the people to full maturity right, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. like that's what it's for yeah, yeah. you know so this whole thing about this one person um you know sitting at the top like yeah yeah where did, where did that come from yeah. there's only one person at the top and his name is christ yeah well, his name is jesus he yeah. is the christ mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and if we want to be tech- technical his name is joshua for all those people that jesus is an american name like yeah whatever the point is he's the guy at the top and if he's not at the top then you need to go to another church mm-hmm. all right all right i'm sorry no no that's good stuff <laughs> no it's great stuff 
You want to ask something? I would, I would cut this. Question I hope y'all don't put this, this stuff out. Nah, we ain't uh, putting this out, man. Yeah, keep we this. Like, in, I keep, heard keep, the keep. first five minutes. I ain't putting this. Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had this question. This is this may be like simple ABCs of of Christian living, but simply, what is the purpose of going to church? Ah, uh, great question. Uh so God made us to be communal like community is what it's really about Mm. Um, it was God who said that Adam shouldn't be alone Mm. Adam never asked for anybody we kind of read that as if it was Adam making a request Hmm. oh wow Moses just in his narrative writing allows us to hear God's thought about something so Moses allowed us, God created to hear, but God saw that it was good. So then God moved on to the next thing. So wow. but when we look at Adam, God didn't say it was good. As a matter of fact, God said it's not good. So then it was God who gave Adam a helpmate, which we know to be Eve. Mm. And then their whole purpose was to fulfill the earth and reproduce themselves. So they were reproducing these gods, uh, the, the, these God image bearers. Jesus later on, he sends the disciples out two by two. Um, not if it was, you know, for anybody who wants to say, oh, no, that was the gate. I'm like, no, no, no. Because the purpose is so that we can have community and fellowship with one yeah. another. So when we start talking about the church yeah. and why do we go to now when we use that term church, we're not talking about the body Right. Of Christ more than we are talking about yeah. the building I that guess, we call yeah, our church. That. Yep. Yeah, mean, because we location. are the church. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When we're talking about whatever your church's address is, that particular building, this gathering is it serves a whole lot of purpose because again, God wants us to be communal with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we gain strength off of one another. Mm-hmm. So it's centralizing um the people of God to come to get instruction to witness, you know, God's glory amongst the people and all. I mean, so there's a whole lot of reasons on why we go to church. Mm. Um, I mean, the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. I mean, it's a reason he, he they would often congregate mm-hmm. in one place. He would call the people of Israel together, you see, and he wanted them all to come to the mountain so he could talk to them. But the people like told Moses, like, no, nah, we don't want to talk to him. You go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Which is what wow. we do in church. We tell our we we go hear a pastor, so that the man of God could hear from God and give us our word. Where the truth of the matter, God wants to speak to all of us, yeah. and we should all be hearing the same thing. <laughs> Whole nother story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So we come to church, or we come to this community gathering. So, like, yeah, there should be individual relationships with God, but we also are there to strengthen and love and care for one another. And that's what should be taking place at our churches. We should be meeting the needs of one another. If we go back to the book of Acts, where the church now, we're in this church dispensation where this is after so now everybody this group of uh, of the followers of the one this jesus are coming together what did they do everybody sold they are all their possessions they brought it to the apostles and laid it at their feet and the, the pot and the apostles distributed to those that were in need so like now everybody talking about prosperity was prosperous because there was no need mm-hmm. there was no need yeah. they had all things in common yeah so 
when we come together as a community, this whole Jesus said, I give you a new command, love your neighbor as you love yourself, yeah. so that we can be neighbors with one another. Right. And we can help meet each other's needs in that particular guy. And this is how God displays his power through us with each other. Wow. So, like, yes, we do need to go to church, but that does not mean that it has to be church where you go to a building and there's some intercessors that's going to pray for the first half hour, and then we got another half hour of a worship team. Then it's going to be another 20 minutes for an offering, and then your pastor is going to preach for two hours, and then he's going to have an altar call, and then he's going to open up the doors of the church. And next thing you know, it's been four hours past. Like, no, yeah. I think even coming together, what we're doing now can be a form of church mm-hmm. as far as the community. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, all in Paul's writings, they weren't going to a temple. They were meeting at people's homes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The book of Corinthians was written to the church that was at Chloe's house, Paul says. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, so that's where the church started at. They were coming together in homes. They were being neighbors. They would cook a meal. So you would invite your neighbors over here. You know the family next door is struggling. So you and your wife would prepare a meal and call them over. And as you supped or had supper with one another, Jesus said, do this often as remember me. They were sitting down having a meal and he broke yeah. the bread and they blessed it. Mm-hmm. And he drank the blood as the seal of my covenant and they blessed it. But, you know, you would do it with your neighbor. And as the neighbors would come over, we would have a meal and discuss the word of God to one another. And then we would pray. Mm-hmm. And if I knew that your family was struggling, James says, if if a man is hungry, don't say go and be blessed. Like no, nah. so send them home with a plate. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. doing the work. That's that, that's what the body. That's what church is supposed to be about. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. So yeah, we we're supposed to go to church. I just <laughs> think that we. I just think that we need to stop going to church, but and go to church. But right. I, wow, <laughs> wow. Ask about the sacraments, man. You gonna ask about the come on, man. Well, should we take communion? Should, should we be washing each other's uh feet? I don't know. I'm not washing your feet. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> so so here's the thing, like nobody ever said that like there's supposed to be a washing the feet ceremony. Why did Jesus didn't you did anybody ever ask why Jesus washed the disciples' feet? I thought it was just like a humbling, a show of humility. It uh, was a show of humility, but why did he have to display this open act of humility. Oh. Why? Mm. Because remember, two things that happened at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, John and Mark's mother had came up to Jesus and like whispered in his ear, like, hey, can my two sons sit at the right hand and the uh, left hand? Yeah. He's like, do you know what you asked me? And then later on, they came back and asked him the same question about who's going to be the greatest. Yeah. And the disciples are sitting here arguing about which one of us is greater than the other. Right, right, right. So none of them was was humble. Like they wanted the other to serve them. And watch what Jesus' response was that the greatest amongst you will be your servant. Right. Or literal slave. Yeah. Your minister. Mm. The greatest amongst you will serve one another. Yeah. Because they were not willing to do that. They were busy jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that goes out to everybody who goes to church, 
by the authority vested in me, I just ordain anybody that's a believer of Christ, you are now a minister. Stop jockeying for this title of minister at your <laughs> church because that's what we're supposed to be. You're supposed to be serving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what the word means. So with that being said, so now they're at the table, what our Bible calls the Last Supper. These are the same guys with the same mentality. Nobody wanted to get up and get the water because you got to remember they lived in different times when you entered in the man house, just like I came in. Hey, this is the rule of your home. I saw there were shoes off. You all came to the door with your socks on, so I took my shoes off. Obviously, that's the rule of the house. They would come into a home, and the, the owner of the house would offer water mm-hmm. for the guests because they had dirt roads to wash their feet and their hands. Disciples are sitting around. Nobody's being humble. They want to go get the water. So we. So Jesus notices this. He disrobes himself. He wraps his garments around his waist like a towel, and he get on his knees to wash their feet. And now Peter sees this, like, "Oh, Lord, no, you won't. I won't let you do it." Well, you wouldn't do it. Yeah, wow. And then he explains it that, like, unless I do this, wow, like you'll never be clean. Wow. So nobody could clean you but him. Jesus is showing himself as the perfect servant. Yeah. Which is I love, yeah. Gosh, you you look at the difference with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all depict Jesus in a different manner. One uh-huh. shows him as King of the Jews. The other shows him as the perfect servant. One shows him as the perfect man. One shows him as the Son of God. Which is why they angle the stories in the manner in which they do. But Jesus, being this perfect servant, mm. he says that he's going to wash the rest of the feet of the brethren, as if. Like, so here it is, the son, here's God in the flesh, right? God himself in the flesh is on his knees washing the feet of other men to show them that, this, that you should carry the same attitude. Wow. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be great, then serve. Yeah. Yeah. Even those lowest little things that you think, you know, if like that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So does that literally mean that I got to wash your feet? No. <laughs> right. It I mean, see what you <laughs> No. We ain't got to have this. No, nah, like stop ceremony. stop like stop the drama. Cuz I ain't doing it. I'm sorry. Pray for me. <laughs> but the point is I should have that humility that if in fact that it was a reason that your feet needed to be washed that I would be willing to do it. Right. But right. I ain't just washing your feet just so we go we just had a men's service like now. Yeah. It has to be. <laughs> this is an outward symbol of my humility. Yeah, nah. Nah, bro. Just be humble. No, brother. <laughs> In the words of Kendrick, like, but just, right. just be humble. So, <laughs> with that, talking sacraments or whatever, Leader to outward, the outward uh, show, baptism, an outward profession of your faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, baptized. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, like you said, communion. Yeah. Um, do you feel like these things, like if a church isn't doing these things, then they out of line? Or, gotcha, gotcha. You know, um, two things on that. I just baptized a brother today. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Ricardo Diggs. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. That's a great thing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I like. So we understand that baptism itself is a submersion. Uh, baptism itself is our identification. Now we're we're now identified with Christ's death and resurrection. So we're baptized into His body. Um, go, being dunked in a pool or a river 
you just being dunked in a pool or a river. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. But what's actually taking place is larger than that. Mm. So there is a spiritual baptism that is taking place that like now this is your identification. Mm. This you're identified with him. Mm. Um so I say that to say that if your church is physically doing baptisms and pools, that is a great thing. Mm-hmm. By all means, continue to do it. If you don't have a baptism in your church for the people to say, well, they're not doing that or whatever, that there has to like, no, we understand that that baptism is an outward expression of something that is happening, happening spiritually. Yeah. There's nothing holy about the water that I ran into the pool out my dirty water hose that was in the boiler room of my church today. Mm-hmm. But what took place was something bigger than that. Yeah. There was a spiritual baptism yeah. that took place. So, yes, we should baptize. Yeah. And if you're not baptizing, you still should baptize. There's just this spiritual baptism that is that is happening. Communion. Jesus says, do this as often. As you remember me, as we are remembering that his that he gave up his body for us and that he shed his blood so that we may be washed um, and be able to be presented for God. So um, he says, do this whenever. Mm-hmm. And when he was given this illustration, he was at a dinner table. So communion is larger than just first Sundays at your church. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's nothing holy or sacred about the first Sunday. That just happened to be, you know, the tradition of your church. You can do it on third Sunday. You can do it on fourth Sunday. You can do it on third Thursday. I got a bigger task for you. For all of you men that have families, you should give communion at your dinner table at home. Whenever. You give communion. Stop waiting for your pastor. Why are you waiting for a pastor or the ministers of your church to put on their white clothes? Like that stuff you should be doing at home. It started yeah. off in the home. Mm. Mm. When Paul was writing to the church of Corinth again about communion, it was taking place in somebody's house. Yeah. Yeah. So go home tonight or wake the family up for breakfast and take communion before your kids go to school. Recognize the Lord's body. Yeah. Um so I, I was just listening to you, yeah, go ahead. you saying that and it made me wonder like uh what's stopping us from even or should a person even hesitate to baptize somebody on their own? You know what I mean? Or Heck no. Go out, make disciples, <laughs> and yeah. baptize yeah. them in the name of the yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of... That's, um, cr- it's, that's yeah, crazy bro. that, that yeah. we're at the point as a, <laughs> as a body of believers where that's like a... Oh well, should can I do that? Yeah. Or should I? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Well, I'm not oh, a mi- only the minister. Or the, you know, I'm yeah. not a minister. Right. Whoa, wow. whoa! He said that you're all a minister, so go do it. Yeah. Wow. And when I talk, when I talk, uh, even about you, the idea, you know, like when I when I'm thinking about like how do I describe Pastor G, like the thought that comes to my mind is like refreshing. You know, it's refreshing because I feel like you're peeling back. You know, all of the layers that were kind of stacked on what Christianity was really supposed to be. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you kind of are bringing to the surface again. Like, no, 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 no. Like, somebody came up with that idea. Or that's just a, you know, a thought that we had that we added to the picture. And we're yeah. kind of taking all that off and getting back to the reality of it all. Which yeah. is that we are 
all ministers. We are all tasked to the work. You know, yeah. the commission to, is for us all. You to know? do the work of the ministry. Yeah, yeah. And going back to that fivefold, they were supposed to mature the body to do what? The work of of yeah. the ministry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we all are supposed to be going to work now just to bring a little bit of balance to that there's some of us that probably do need to go somewhere and be taught and this is again to all the spooky crazy folks out there there's some people that you know <laughs> right. like we've all met them yeah um but again those are the exceptions not the rule if we're right. just talking about what the rule is yeah. the rule is that we're all supposed to be doing the work of the ministry yeah. what's the work going out talking about yeah. Jesus. And here's the thing, it may not one waters, one plants one waters, it's God to get increased. My job today might just to talk to somebody about Jesus and then you come along and mm-hmm. like it's, it God allows you to be the one to 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 to, to water a little bit and mm-hmm. then you come along and here we are. Here's the increase like they accept Jesus today like yeah. hey, do you want to be baptized? Yes. But collectively all three of us have participated in that particular work yeah, yeah. and we should all rejoice wow. and celebrate that. I shouldn't be jealous. Well, why he get to baptize him? Yeah. He was doing his job. <laughs> yeah, you did yours. Yeah, <laughs> you, you see what I mean. It's it's re- refreshing <laughs> again because it's like if you're let's say you're a couple who has a child and you're like you may not have a church that you're going to. You may have just moved somewhere or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I want to baptize. You know, our son or daughter, and it's like or. Well, I'm not talking about infant stuff. Right. I'm just I'm saying like they've come another convo. Right. Like, and you want to go somewhere, and it's like you. It's refreshing to be like, oh no, nah, you can call your family, call other brothers and sisters. Yes. Over, and you you baptize your son or your daughter. If, if your like yeah. just, if yeah. your son and daughter is old enough, right? That's and 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 is able to confess right their belief. In Jesus Christ our Lord, and it's in front of this cloud of witness, the three of us, uh-huh. and it's your son and daughter. Yeah. Why wouldn't you baptize them? Why would you take them to somebody else to do it? Yeah. It's yeah, absolutely like, absurd. Yeah, we, gotta, we gotta wait. We gotta wait for the man of God. No, you yeah. are the man of God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's man. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's I'm like, dude, like that gets on my nerve. Yeah. Now, if you want to go to your pastor and tell them, like, and share this great news, by all means, great. Right. But, man, do that in your house. Why you got to wait? Why, man, take your son upstairs and turn, <laughs> fill up some water in the bathtub. If you don't have a big enough call tub, just have him get on these. Call your best friend over, sit down, yeah. dunk him in the water, and celebrate. <laughs> yeah. That's such a different way. Because the angels are yeah. celebrating when it happens. Yeah. Right, right, yep. Wow. So I feel like this is a good time to ask you um, to give us like a a summary real quick uh, or a quick, uh, I don't know, rundown maybe or however you want to put it. Um, give me a doxology. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I'm looking for a good church, what should I see? Hmm. Put it like that. Uh, the first thing that you should see is that there should be some outward expression of the love and the acceptance of the people that's there because oftentimes that's an immediate reflection of their leadership Mm -hmm. and if there's a leader 
that their people is not doing that and they are acting like I just don't believe that you're a leader and I understand you can't see everything but how are you how are you the the earthly um 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 how are you the earthly intercessor for God's people to shepherd and even though you don't physically see it, that you're not in line with God, that God is not allowing you to know what's happening. Moses was up on the mountain and God said, hey, them folks down there worshiping somebody else. <laughs> wow. They tripping. You see. Yeah. So that's oftentimes a reflection of leadership. So there should be some outward visibility of God's love to you as somebody coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you should look for consistency with that. Um, the second thing you should probably find out like what and when I say programs I'm not talking about you know <laughs> you know do your church got Sunday school do you got children I'm like no like what are you actually doing to advance the kingdom of God wow. okay yeah. um, is that if it's a new church like mine, we're like in the developmental stages of those things. Okay, find that out. Find out what that church doctrinal statements is. Um, and most people on paper are going to have like pretty solid doctrinal statements. But now that it's there to be seen, like, are you actually doing it? Like, I think yeah. you mentioned about like, is your does the word that you preach line up with this, or is this just, you know? So again, we're talking about consistency. Yeah. Um, and then if you do, if you are able to find out who the leadership is and sit down with them and get a chance to talk with the pastor, um, there should be some form of initial contact um, of developing that particular relationship. And that's not going to be something that happens overnight, but that relationship should actually be building. And if that's not happening, then, you know, I don't know. Which you might want to make decisions to do something else. <laughs> I think that if you start off with that foundation, there's, you know, there, of course, there are other things that you can look for, but I think that's a good, safe start. And then, you know, by all means, you want to have peace with it. And if you're unsure, pray mm-hmm. and seek and seek the Lord as far as what your decision. Some people say, you know, I'm waiting for God. And I think as we grow in him, there's sometimes God versus when we were younger and more immature that God will give us direction. But as we grow and learn more about him, I think that he expects for us to be able to look and know a thing or like you use discerned on whether or not this is something that's of God and what's not of God. Yeah. And that as we grow in him, that changes. So a lot of times we're waiting for God to say something. And he's waiting for you to say something mm-hmm. <laughs> or do something. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, again, I think that's a safe start. Um, and then I'm sure there's things that we can add to that, you know, as far as comfortability and how mm. this looks to my family and things of that nature. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Pastor G. Yes, sir. G. Yeah. Man, hashtag <laughs> just Greg. Just Greg. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, I really appreciate you coming through, man, dropping all this this wisdom and, yeah, yeah this this guidance. I, I man, feel I like appreciate you listen to this and, and be able to know how to, you know, sort through a lot of things to figure out <laughs> with a right. Yeah, we said right a lot. We said a lot. We said a lot. Now, but I like the reason I didn't even want to try to keep it structures because i feel like when you do veer off right or when we veer off right uh-huh. just talking about different things it just it gives the listener more to you know it shows them that there's so much to consider like there's, right. a, there's a big 
there's a big thing happening here. You know, right. there are details that you might not even have been aware of. Right. Now that you are aware of, you can see how, you know, like God is, is you talked about a lot of historical things, mm-hmm. you know, like what was going on with the Protestant church and Martin Luther and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff. Like that gives people things to look into to mm-hmm. get, you know, more clarity on mm-hmm. just all, everything that we're talking about. So yeah. I love those details. Like, I'm gonna end up listening to this myself <laughs> and go and go to do some research and, and learn a lot. You know, that's what it's really all I about. So, yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate everything, man. I appreciate you guys for real. Like, Any info real you want to give people on uh, where to find you, the church, anything like that? Oh, great! Thank you. Uh, so, my church is named Bradburn Memorial Bible Church, uh, affectionately known as the Lighthouse on the Pike. We're actually working at changing. Um, that will be our new name, but we're located at 5904 Marlboro Pike, and that's District Heights, Maryland, 20747. Nice. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Bradburn Memorial Bible Church, and I think we're on Instagram at Bradburn Memorial. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor G. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you. Thank right, you. Thank you. All right, later. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Word in the World podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and repost with the hashtag the Word X the World podcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you, so please send your questions, comments, praise reports, and testimonies. Basically, any and everything. We just want to talk to you guys. Send everything to contact us at thewordxtheworld.com. Have a great week, and be sure to check out next week's episode. Peace.